0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and it is Waiver Wire Tuesday. And as always, I am joined by none other than PFF's own Dwayne, the Rock McFarlane, to accomplish the task that we always go after, which is to set up your fantasy football squads for all the success in the world. Dwayne, we talked last night for like two hours, and now we're back today. Not for two hours, but we got some waivers to talk. How's it going, man? Yeah, man, good. Uh, waiver waiver Wire is pretty nasty. This week (laughs) Not great There is a waiver wire, Ian And that's what we're here for Because it's the waiver wire show as always, the players we're going to list, not all of them are necessarily recommended targets. I've gone through PFFs, three to four waiver articles, looked across the industry just to get an idea of who's being talked about the most. We'll try to tell you where you know the public is right and where you should be going after and where maybe you should stay away from position by position. So Dwayne, as always, we'll get started with our quarterback streamer of the week. Seems like it really is coming down to either Cam Newton against the Falcons or Taysom Hill against the Jets. Like... Picture perfect matchups for both these guys because Atlanta has the single worst pass rush in the league. If there is going to be a time where Cam will actually have some uh, room to work in the pocket, it would seemingly be in this spot. And we did get clarification from Matt Rule today, who said, "I certainly anticipate Cam Newton will be the starter against the Falcons, and then with Taysom against the Jets. Jets have the uh, league's single worst rushing defense in terms of fantasy points per game allowed to opposing running backs, which we're kind of expecting Taysom Hill to be if he winds." up being under center here, playing through that mallet injury on his hand. So I It's terrible how bad he is as a real-life passer, and playing Hurts is not going to help that. We also have Deontay Harris uh, suspended for the next three games. But truly, if we can pencil in any quarterback for something close to 15 carries per game, it's going to be tough to keep them off the streamer map. We also got Taylor Heineke going up against the Cowboys. Last six starts, he's returned three. Inside the top 12, Teddy Bridgewater, he hasn't had uh, more than two top 12 performances since week two. And Jimmy Garoppolo, who is more online with Heineke, with three top 12 performances. performances in his last seven games so for me Dwayne I think Cam and Taysom are in the top tier here there's enough concerns with both of them either being outright benched or in Taysom's case just being too ineffective to play with the injury that I don't think they're necessarily going to be locked and loaded QB ones this week but I still would prioritize them over these other guys then I got Heineke in the tier of his own perfectly fine top 15 top 16 quarterback Teddy or Teddy and then Jimmy Garoppolo Further down the road, I would rather not stop, start them, if at all possible. So thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, all you, all you No, thoughts. I think you have
1: it right. I mean, Cam Newton um, in week 11 handled 36% of the design rushing attempts for the Panthers, then 16% the following week, but he was benched. Uh, you got Taysom Hill at 32% of the design rushing attempts in week 13 against Dallas. So I think, yeah, those are your those are your top two. And like you said, the matchups are there. You get Atlanta, you get uh, the Jets, who both are in the top five as far as giving up rushing attempts to opposing offenses. So that's a good spot. Um, Taysom Hill, yeah, the finger thing. Like, I prefer Newton um, just because I know Taysom Hill for sure has a limitation. Now, his floor could be better because he could actually start and Newton may not. But I feel like there's just more upside with Newton. I get the same rushing attempts, and I get an opportunity was for someone that can actually throw the ball as well. So I would actually probably tier them like Newton, then tier of their own Taysom. Ooh. Then I would say it's Heineke, Garoppolo, Bridgewater. Same same order that you have there. And I, man, Bridgewater, it's like how how can you have like these good receivers and oh, just man. not be able to do anything? And all you want to do is check down the ball. Um, he really struggles against pressure. Just it's, he's got all sorts of problems going on. You know, technically you should be able to think that anytime a quarterback has those kind of weapons, Ian, that at any point, like they could just pop off, right. And have a big game. Um, but I, I think I trust Garoppolo more just because we know we've seen him actually do it more over the past four to five weeks.
0: Potential to get Debo Samuel back as well. I also have Jimmy G over Teddy. Again, people, that's Cam, number one streamer of the week, then Taysom Hill, then Taylor Heineke, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Teddy Bridgewater. As always, these are based on guys that are available in the majority of leagues. So if for some reason, Kirk Cousins or someone like that is available in your league, you know, yes, go ahead and start them, even though we didn't talk about them. Just something to keep in mind. And I would just say, I realize how bad Cam and this Panthers offense was before uh, their week 13 team by just realizing that game cam and uh pj walker were under pressure on 18 of their 36 dropbacks 50% and again they are facing the falcons league worst pass rush so i think the single biggest problem with that panthers offense should be somewhat mitigated because of this matchup now, Dwayne, we got some running backs to go over, number one of which is Sony Michel. So he is rostered in 68% of leagues, but I'm still seeing him at the top of all the waiver articles, so I figured we should talk about him anyway. But yeah. Go get the freaking man! I think it's as simple as that. Yes, Daryl Henderson does have the potential to be back and in in more of a full time role. He was active last week, but seemingly for emergency purposes only. But I don't know, Dwayne. There's been some murmurs. I believe it was uh, Jordan Rodriguez, who always does some uh, great uh, you know beat rider work yeah. for the Rams, talking about how Sony might just be the feature back down the stretch. It wouldn't be the first time Sean McVay pulled this. He took Todd Gurley out of the freaking like main as uh, he. Took took Todd Gurley away from being the feature back for CJ freaking Anderson in 2018 you can say Gurley was banged up but he was still active for all those games so I do wonder if Sony even once Henderson's a little bit more healthy to suit up could continue to be the Rams RB1 Dwayne if we have $10 a fab if we have $30 of fab if we have $55 a fab all of that is going to Sony Michelle this week
1: Yeah, I think just on the upside that you just talked about, and even if not, maybe you just get him for one more week, you know, this week. We're just to that point in the season where, I mean, it's like, what are you waiting for? Um, You know, most teams are heading into the playoffs. So, yeah, with me, Michelle, just on – it's and it's by far the best offense, right, of all these teams that we're about to talk about. The problem we have with a lot of these teams is their offenses are absolutely terrible. (laughs) Um, So, Michelle is actually on the Rams, so we know you get a top five scoring attack. Um, and you also have a coach that has shown a willingness in the past to get the ball to his running backs inside the five, really run. The, the, the game has really ran more through the quarterback this season, but we know that McVay has that gear. And at a minimum, he wants to stay balanced to keep the play action and everything else working. So there's
0: going to be opportunity. So on my handy-dandy show sheet here, I have a couple running backs listed, and then I have the projected order that I want to read off to everyone. And for running backs, I literally just have Sony and a couple dots and then sheesh, because I don't even know what to do with the rest of these groups. Yes, we have Rashad Penny doing some things for the Seahawks, but Adrian Peterson is already just just as involved, and you would really like to think they're going to be passing the ball a little bit more here moving forward. But who knows, also got Homer, DJ Dallas, whoever the hell else is going to be be in that backfield it is a good matchup against the texans but we just know it's crowded we also got amir abdullah against the falcons followed by buffalo tampa new orleans maybe he carves out a role getting targets but as far from cemented chuba hubbard remains the more likely player to get the majority of touches we got the titans running backs Everyone is just forgetting, I guess, that Jerry McNichols is probably back from the concussion protocol. No, I don't want to start Hilliard or Deontay Foreman. I think McNichols, if anyone, is probably the guy to try to pick up ahead of this potentially good spot against Jacksonville. But once again, three back committee, I'd like to just refrain from it as long as the Titans continue to be this bad. And then finally, the Texans backfield, which Dwayne, I think we've just talked about too much on this podcast uh, this year. And we barely (laughs) talked about them at all. So screw the Houston running back. I'm even seeing like Boston Scott waiver wire claims. That's how bad everything is going. Remember, the Eagles are on a bye. Jordan Howard is probably going to be back afterwards. And Miles Sanders has an extra time to get ready. So out of all these just mid as hell running backs I just mentioned, Dwayne, does anyone spark your interest? Honestly, I was just sitting here trying to think,
1: is there someone that we don't have (coughs) on this list that I should bring up? Because I don't want to talk about any of these. And like you and I were talking before the show, usually by the time Ian and I record this, I'm about 60, 65% through the utilization report writing it. Today I had some other stuff going on. So I'm about 40%. So I've got less of it done. So normally I'll just have something in my head, like if it's already sitting there, but I'm just like looking real quickly, like at these teams. Um, the only other, see that the rest of these are probably just as gross. Like, you know, <laughs> if we were to talk about the Jets, like they've got the same thing going on. Yeah. They've got three backs involved. Yeah. Um, Carlos
0: Hyde, like how much do we want to make our listeners throw up right now?
1: I know. I know. Um, We don't, we don't want to make them throw up. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll I'll move on. If I think of something later, then I'll tweet something out. Um, But yeah, it's um, looking at the rest of these, I would prioritize. Do I even have to try to prioritize these or do you just? I don't think
0: so. It's Sony the show
1: and that's it. They're all the same problem. What you just said. They're all committees and they're all bad offenses, right? With with
0: minimal potential upside.
1: (laughs) Right. You know, and Penny, we don't even know for sure. Like, what's going to happen when Alex Collins can play? Like, you know, I don't know. Like... That could be an issue, too. So the way I look at the Seahawks, they're not going to commit to any one of these backs. And it's not going to be two backs. It's going to be three to four. And you've got the team that runs the least plays in the NFL. Amir Abdullah, I actually like, I think, better than the Seahawks backs, just because with the Panthers, like, I, I wouldn't mind having the passing down back. We've seen consistency as far as Abdullah over the last several weeks. I agree with you, though. Chuba Hubbard, right, is really the player that if all things are going right, the way the Panthers want, which isn't always the case because the <laughs> offense is bad. Like Hubbard's going to be the player out there. But I think Abdullah is squarely, um, you know, in the conversation. If you want to talk, if you're in a PPR format, Abdullah, you know, is, I would I would rather have him over the Seattle backs. And then Hilliard, it's like you said, we talked about it last week, I think. So I won't I won't belabor it, but I'm with you. I, I happen to think that McNichols probably gets his rollback, back. And if mm. not, it could be a three-way committee. Um, so there's just too many potential situations where you're just not going to like it. So whatever you do on those guys, if you want to just throw a little out there on them and you have somebody to drop, fine,
0: go ahead. But good luck figuring out like, you know, how you're going to start them. Absolutely. You know, if you are just completely in dire need of throwing a flex in somewhere I do think probably Abdullah, Penny, and McNichols would be the three guys, but there's just so little confidence because of everything. Was there was there a question mark behind said. that? Was yes. that like an I'm wrong? I'm Ian 30"? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move, God, let's, man, let's get it's, out of this freaking group. All right. Hey,
1: what I would say the big, what I would rather do, you know, because these aren't going to give you much anyway. Like I would rather just pick up Ronald Jones. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> And take and take like a four point. Now I get it. Like you may be in your playoff matchup and you need seven points instead of four, Wayne. But like if if Leonard Fournette went down, you know, we've talked about it a few times, you probably got a mid-range RB2 and there's just not many sitting out there. Um, I guess the other one would be Samaji Pirine. Um, what about like Marlon was, Mack? Marlon Mack is, is a good, you know, just total stash on the bench, but you can't have him near a lineup because like it's zero percent. Of course not.
0: No, I'm, I'm the, just talking like actual handcuffs that are probably on. Radar oh, I'm with bars.
1: you. Yeah. No, I think Mac is definitely he would be on the radar. Like, I try to, the way I always try to think about it, Ian, is I just put myself like in everybody's shoes. Like, if all of a sudden X player was hurt, how excited would I be? Like about this player Y? And I'll tell you right now, like if Indianapolis, if Jonathan Taylor went down, which he won't this weekend because there's a bye week. Like, I promise you, Marlon Mack, people would unload everything they have to get Marlon Mack. Like, there would be no doubt about it. Um, now, he may not get the absolute workload that Jonathan Taylor's gotten. It might be more split with him and Naheem Hines, but I know that that's somebody that everybody would be all in on. Um, just looking real quick. there's not I don't think there are any others.
0: Cleveland, no. You said Pirine, right? Yep, Samaji Pirine. Um, I guess like Daryl Williams, if someone let him go with Clyde back, it's not the biggest ceiling in the world, but you could still potentially have the Chiefs RB1 if CEH randomly gets hurt.
1: Yeah. No, I think Williams, out of everybody we've talked about, besides Michelle, would be
0: the player I would roster <laughs> over all of these, Maybe, besides Michelle. Yeah. Devontae Booker, like you could have a volume-based RB2 potentially. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. We're, we're just we're just grasping for straws here. Let's move just, on. <laughs> we just feel bad about our list.
1: That's all that's happening.
0: With some the wide receivers now. Yeah, the list yeah. is the list. Now we'll go go over some wide receivers. Russell Gage really topping a lot of these, and deservedly so, since return from injury. He was really on and off at first. Wide receiver 15 and wide receiver 110 because he goose egged, then wide receiver 20, then another goose egg. But over the last three weeks, wide receiver 36, wide receiver 14, and wide receiver 7. Dwayne, I guess like the assumption with Gage why we weren't really on him more so than we were until recently was just the fact that we figured Patterson and Kyle Pitts would always kind of be the top two uh, options in this passing game. We've seen Gage like actually work as the number one more weeks than not. I know Patterson has been banged up, maybe focusing more primarily just that running back. We've talked enough about Kyle Pitts' struggles, but Gage is someone that we talked about on our review pod. He could be sneaking in that top 30 here on a pretty you know frequent basis moving forward.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing with the Falcons, the way that they operate their offense it's really just a three-person funnel all the time you know so if you look at their targets per route run um and this is what's cool about targets per route run right it's it's only for the time that the player is out there on the field so Calvin Ridley, for example, 30% targets per route run versus man coverage. Well, Cordero Patterson's 30%. Kyle Pitts is 29%. Russell Gage is 27%. So we always talk about these players. They step into these roles and how it doesn't always mean they're going to get the same utilization, especially at receiver. You're going to see it more often at running back, like they'll just plug the next person in. But at receiver, you've got to be able to get open. There's just more nuance to what's going on. And so the positive is we're seeing Gage step right into that role. So it's really Pitts. Patterson and Gage, they're all heavily utilized. When you look at it against zone coverage, they do spread it out a little bit more. Your boy CPAT, he stays up there, at end, 28%, but Pitts drops to 18%, Russell Gage drops to 18%, and then you get some of these other guys more involved, like Mike Davis, Olamide Zacchaeus, those guys. But anyway, point being that it's really more of a funnel most of the time just really through 3 guys. And so Russell Gage is in that threesome at this point. And so he's done a nice job against man coverage and then this last week they he, they played against a team that was primarily all zone and he led the team in passing
0: targets. So that's good for him. Gage deserves to be the top waiver Wire ad of the week at wide receiver. And I think follow behind KJ Osborne, who should be stepping in as the number two wide receiver in Minnesota with Adam Thielen dealing with that high ankle injury. Thielen and Dalvin Cook, for that matter, were listed as DMPs on the Vikings estimated Monday practice report. They don't actually practice on Monday, but they make the teams put out these estimated reports anyway. Osborne this year, he has at least five targets in five games and he's turned in wide receiver 34, wide receiver 14, wide receiver 68, and most recently, wide receiver 13 and wide receiver 21 finishes. So Dwayne, we've seen him at least show the ability to produce, you know, some semblance of solid fantasy production. Facing the Steelers on Thursday night, maybe not the most ideal matchup. At the same time, hardly the same juggernaut, you know, defense we've seen in past years. I think Osborne, particularly with four teams on buys again, will be another guy that's pretty tough to keep out of the top 36.
1: Yeah. I, I I don't know that I'll have him in the top 36, but he'll definitely be close. I think he's worthy um, for sure of a waiver ad for the week. And I agree with where, you know, you've got him sitting here. Um, Look at him last week, and we mentioned this, you know, on uh, the recap show, so I won't spend too much time on it. But the primary thing is 94% of the time that Kirk Cousins was in a route, you had K.J. Osborne on the field with Adam Thielen going down really early in the game. Handled 16% targets per route run, 17% of the targets. So, I mean, those are numbers you can live on. And like you said, you know, he's already shown things, you know, earlier in the season. So we could easily see him have a 20, 25%. Target share week, you know, I think that's within his wheelhouse. We're going to find out, right? He's going to be in a full-time role now. He's going to have more attention on him. So I'm definitely interested in KJ Osborne. I think he'll be a borderline uh, wide receiver three for me this week, probably more like a high-end wide receiver four, Um, but he'll be close to being in the conversation of, you know, he'll at least be in the flex conversation.
0: Very fair. Got some Lions receivers getting some love. Amon Ross St. Brown had the game-winning touchdown. Bunch of other catches. Josh Reynolds has had back-to-back usable weeks. And I still don't want to touch any of these guys. And that goes for Khalif <laughs> Raymond as well. Do we really think Goff is going to replicate what he just did at the home at home against the Vikings? Sad group of cornerbacks. Now, in mile high against the freaking Denver Broncos. I sure don't. Stay away from these guys. If you are just, you know we've all been in those I don't know if we all have but Dwayne and I and I'm sure a lot of you have been in those you know 14 team leagues where you have injuries you have buys you just need somebody to go out there that is an actual starting NFL player so in that perspective okay but none of these guys are going to be sniffing wide receiver three status unlike Gage and Osborne Dwayne where we have some I think more interesting news to potentially talk about is situations where we have had starters now leave the lineup and first of all that begins with the Chargers who could be without Keenan Allen, who got placed on the COVID list this afternoon against the Giants. I have scanned the internet. I have not seen anything that indicates if Keenan is or is not vaccinated. If he's not vaccinated, then he'll definitely be out this week. If he is vaccinated, he has a chance to return two positive tests by Sunday. So I think we all know if Keenan is out all wheels go for Mike Williams. He's going to be really hard to keep out of, honestly, wide receiver one territory. At a minimum, he'll be an upside wide receiver two. You're starting him either way. I guess the question, Dwayne, becomes what do we make of Jalen Guyton and also Josh Palmer who figured to be filling out these three wide receiver sets? We need to remember that like Austin Eckler's there, so the number two wide receiver in L.A. could very well be the number three, number four pass game option, depending how things go with the tight end. But at a minimum, we know Justin Herbert can sling that damn thing we have a decent enough matchup against the Giants I'm sure Bradbury's going to be matching Mike Williams most of the time what are your thoughts on Guyton and Palmer as potential one-week fill-ins
1: yeah it's uh I think it's a tough one to figure out um it could go several ways right it could be rotating those two guys more um on the field it could be and I don't know which one would really play like the Keenan Allen role right he has a very specific role like we just went on a dot like you know Palmer's at 10 and then you got Guyton at 12. So it's not like they're you know super far apart. Um, it'd be one thing if like Guyton had been like kind of like last year, where he was really more the down-the-field kind of target. He was more like Mike Williams' handcuff. Um, but Palmer, I mean, slightly ahead in targets per route run on the season. So like if you look at that as the equalizer, 14% versus 9% for Guyton. But really, Guyton's the guy that's been on the field more lately, Ian. You know, 59% of the routes, 62% of the routes, 56% of the routes. But then again, Like he's really, is he more, really more just of a decoy? Cause those routes are all pretty empty. And is it going to be Palmer playing the Allen, you know, spot? So it's tough for me to make a, you know, a for sure like proclamation like around this that like it's gonna be this player. Um, I think your guess is as good as mine. I like both of these young players. Um, but I think there's a reason, right, why we've got them below a more known situation like KJ Osborne where we pretty, you know, we've seen it. We're like, oh, this is the guy that's gonna be on the field more. I just don't know for sure. Um, with the Chargers, if I had to pick one of the two, I'm gonna lean to the player that's been on the field more so far. And that would be Guyton.
0: I would say, and it's similar to the Minnesota situation, we haven't gotten the tight ends yet, but that's another thing where we shouldn't always expect the backups to come in yeah. and immediately see a ton of work. Oftentimes the starters just end up, at least a wide receiver, the existing starters still just end up seeing their workloads increase. So maybe, man, Jared Cook could actually have a little bit something to say uh, this week. Again, I don't want to start the guy though, but he has played 65% of his snaps in the slot or out wide. You know, they use three tight ends every single week where parham cook and uh steven anderson even trey mckitty depending on what you want to kind of call his positional designation so yeah i think the main answer in la is like just start mike williams with all the confidence in the world you know guyton and palmer probably i would say end up in the wide receiver four area i mean i'll be honest i would i
1: feel more comfortable with cook just because we've seen his history and we've seen him have big days even with palmer
0: yeah
1: so um that's i mean when i say uh not with Josh Palmer, obviously. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm leaning towards Cook over these guys. But to your point, it's like overall, I would just stay away from it. Yep. Just use the guys, you know, that we like. I'm sorry. Don't know why my Herbert brain said Palmer. Today,
0: but... <laughs> Final uh, situation here. The Saints will be without Deontay Harris for the next three weeks. He has been suspended for an offseason DUI. That leaves Traequan Smith and Marquez Calloway to work as the top guys. I'll be interested, Gross. Dwight. Gross. Yeah. It's we well, have mallet okay. finger.
1: You've already covered mallet finger.
0: It, but what if, but what if Sean uh Payton? Because you know we're recording this on Monday afternoon. Let's because yeah, we don't want to touch it's Trevor these guys. Simeon. Yeah, if there's Trevor Simeon, then what are your thoughts? Because I agree, we are not touching them. Traquann was still under center. It's yeah,
1: then Traquan has kind of taken the step forward. You know, over the last several weeks, he obviously was a complete dud against the Cowboys. uh, You know, on last Thursday night, but. Um, he's gotten his routes up over the 80 percent mark he had really kind of taken you know that lead spot we'd see Marquez Callaway kind of be up and down through through the year I'm, I'm really I'm just I'm done with Callaway and maybe it's because I got excited about him in the preseason um, because I mean I just thought he looked good in those games but again it's just the preseason so um, yeah I like Traquan he would be my pick of the two but I would really I would Go minimal, minimal on these guys. And I might change my mind
0: a little more if I hear Trevor Simeon's gonna be the starter. Quickly to summarize the wide receiver position, go. Feature Russell Gage and KJ Osborne as your wide receiver threes of the week. They are ahead of everyone else. Lions receivers, okay if you need a flex fill-in, but let's not get too carried away. Same, similar vibe as the Chargers, guys. We will be a little more high on Traquan Smith if Trevor Simeon winds up taking over for Taysom Hill, but that is not a guarantee at the moment. Real quick now on the tight ends, because the only real notable— Hey, just real quick on the receivers, Ian.
1: I mean, just thinking like— You know, you just had a bye week. I would probably take MVS over most of the guys we just Mm. talked about, you know, down the stretch, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. He's available a lot. Um, Against the – you know, for the Colts, we've seen T.Y. Hilton get a little more involved. He's available quite a bit. Jacksonville, no. Um, Raiders, no. (laughs) I'm just looking real quick at these teams. Miami, we talked about Parker on – On the pod this morning. So Devontae Parker actually would be probably second on this list for me. Well, not for this week because he's on bye. But if it's just a rest of the season thing, um, then Parker probably goes below Russell Gage if you're not just needing someone to start for this weekend. Um, That's probably it. I know we got Corey Davis out for the season, but I don't really know with the Jets what that opens up. I think it's probably just all in on Elijah
0: and you're done. Oh, man. I I almost towered a Browns wide receiver, but I can't do it. (laughs) I was leaving that one open for you. Four games since uh you going People's Jones or what? <laughs> not really, man. After since the Browns have cut OBJ, Baker has one touchdown pass to his wide receivers, and OBJ has two touchdowns, and we'll move on before I piss off the <laughs> few remaining Browns fans I still listen to this podcast. Over at tight end, only really have one bit of news, and that is Logan Thomas, who good news he did not suffer a torn ACL. We were initially told that report on Sunday night. Uh Rap has come back and said that after further tests, it is not a torn ACL. There There still is damage, though, and he's expected to miss time. The problem is Ricky Seals-Jones wasn't able to suit up last week with the hip injury, so we could still see Bates either keep the job, which I think is unlikely, but they also could split it if RSJ isn't back. And that is what we need in Washington. That's what we don't need in Washington, I should say. We need the 100% role for whoever's going to be out there. We can get behind them, but I would not feel comfortable starting RSJ in his first game back while he's still dealing with his hip. Foster Moreau at the Chiefs. Darren Waller is now being considered day to day, so potentially he could be back sooner rather than later. But look, Moreau, just because of one bad week, the role's the same. He's still a borderline tight end one that is a perfectly fine fill in if you need one. We got Fryermuth at the Vikings. Tough, tough matchup. We've seen Minnesota shut down guys like George Kittle, be one of the better defenses against tight ends. But honestly, Fryermuth and just the way he can get five to eight targets in a kind of normal game script for the Steelers, I still think I would probably probably prefer him above Moreau how do you feel with that Dwayne moreover is Fryar this week yeah I want Fryarmus yeah I'm with you there now how I mean, about- Ebron went to
1: IR so we know we at least yeah. get two more weeks unless he went to season ending I haven't even looked I just saw last week when he got when Ebron got put on IR but either way the answer this week and the week after at least is Fryarmus
0: just making sure we are on the same page. And we are. What about Tyler Conklin? How much of an upgrade are we giving him without dealing? Not that big? Or are you actually thinking like tight end one now? No, I think he's a low end
1: tight end one now. Um, so, I mean, but that's where I think all these guys are. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have Foster Moreau more a high end or a high end tight end two, just because we haven't seen enough, but the utilization is, is going to be there. Um, has proven it. Conklin's actually proven it to us in a couple of games and now he's just going to be able to see more action. So I would put Conklin, um, you know, at that bottom of the tight end one tier.
0: Yeah, it is. Now that I'm looking more at Moreau, like, even in that Cowboys game, man, he played 89% of the offensive snaps. He's basically had back-to-back duds. I mean, I know no one started him in Week 12, so we didn't care that much about it. But uh, it's tough to just completely look at that Week 7 and assume that's going to be each and every week. And it's not like they didn't need him. I mean, they don't
1: have anyone else. They have Hunter Renfro, and that's it. Like, so, I I mean, if Moreau – the other challenge is, like, Moreau has got a deal – um, you know, he's a player coming in and he's going to have to deal with, you know, these defenders focusing on him because there's not much else. There's not a deep threat, you know, unless they get Deshaun Jackson out there more.
0: And it sounds like Waller actually has a legit chance to play this week. So I really would prioritize Fryermuth number one, and uh, Conklin, probably number two, and then Moreau because Fryermuth and Conklin are going on Thursday night. So this is kind of one of those situations we had last week. You know, I had people that got screwed with the Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts type situation, when these guys are that close, just give me Friermuth or give me Conklin, and then we don't have to worry about yeah. Waller coming back by the weekend. So after that, RSJ, he's not a bad guy to stash. We just got to make sure he's healthy. I don't think he's helping us that much this week. And beyond that, if you really want to get gross with Evan Ingram, whoever is your cup of tea, be my guest, but I am not going to go there. Dwayne, any, anything else you want to say about tight ends? No, man. That's it. Quick recap of everything we've just got Oh, one thing real
1: quick Ian. just and I know we normally just do 50 percent or more but I was just looking at this so Julio is available about 40 percent of the time according to fantasy pros so Julio Jones where would you put him in the receiver that crappy receiver list that we just went through just because look we know we know folks play in all size leagues so I wanted to throw the name out there just make sure you go check I look I get it if you're in the leagues like what Ian and I mostly play in he's not going
0: to be there But there are leagues where he's probably available. I'd 100% put him above Russell Gage. Dude, Julio has been fine this year when he's played. He just has barely been out there. There you go. So 40% of the time, he's available. So you guys take a look. 4% 4% of the time, go pick him up every damn time. Real quick, again, rehashing everything we just went over. Quarterback streamer of the week is Cam Newton against those Falcons. After him, Taysom Hill, Taylor Heineke, then Jimmy G and Teddy Bridgewater. At running back, we want Sony Michelle, and that is just about it. But if you really want to get gross, you can look at Amir Abdullah, Jerry McNichols, and Rashad Penny. At wide receiver, Dwayne just mentioned Julio. Yeah, go fucking get Julio Jones if he's available. But we also got Russell Gage, KJ Osborne giving us some soft Solid wide receiver three, um, flex appeal, Lions wide receivers, you know, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer. They can give us an okay wide receiver four potentially. Just don't get your expectations too high. Same goes with Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway, but only if Trevor Simeon ends up getting that job back. At tight end, we are prioritizing Pat Fryermuth as the number one ad, then Tyler Conklin, then Foster Moreau, and then potentially RSJ down the stretch. And that is going to wrap up our week 13 14. Week 14, Dwayne. We made it to week 14. Week 14, waiver, wire, half hour, hour, whatever the hell you want to call it. Anything else you want to get off your chest, Dwayne? No, man. Uh the only other thing, the other one other
1: name we mentioned at receiver was Devontae Parker. If you don't need the player for this week. So I would put him, I would I would say I'm with Ian. It's Julio Jones, then Russell Gage, then Devontae Parker, then KJ Osborne. If you're just looking for somebody for week 15 or for to have on your roster in the
0: playoffs. Great call. And just a stat to leave you all with that has nothing to do with anything we've talked about, but found this today, thought it was kind of cool. Tom Brady in the red zone since joining the Buccaneers, including the playoffs. 60 touchdowns and zero interceptions. Goat's going to go. For Dwayne, I'm Ian. Thanks so much for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody.